Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. The following is an encore segment of Life Tips. Welcome back to the Life Tips show, everyone. Byron White here. I'm here with Amy Elizabeth. Amy, welcome. Oh, thank you, Byron. How are you this afternoon? Fine, thank you. I'm excited to, to chat with you about it. Now, you were the author of a fabulous uh, topic that I'm sure that will will ask spark lots of questions for me and everyone else listening in. The, the title of the book is Poverty Sucks, How to Become a Self-Made Millionaire. Let's just talk about the title alone. There's a lot of meaning in that. Um, <laughs> tell me a little okay. bit about your brazen approach to let's just go right at it with the title. Uh, well, uh, I got the idea for the title, the first part, Poverty Sucks. When I was very poor, I saw a $12 poster of this really smug-looking guy holding a glass of champagne leaning against a Bentley, and the caption said, Poverty Sucks. And I just thought it was hmm. hilarious, but I also thought it was very motivational. So I bought the poster for 12 bucks, and that's what inspired the title of the book. Terrific. Now, your story, of course, is a long, uh, long one, I'm sure, and, and we, we're going to be asking lots of questions today. But in general, could you offer maybe just a one- or two-minute sort of synopsis of, of what you wrote about, you know, where the book takes us from point A to point B? Certainly. Uh, I was a broken, homeless teenage girl at age 15, and I never received any foster care, government, or charitable assistance, no money from family or friends, and... At age 20, I started my first business, retired at age 38 after selling my fourth, and I want to teach everybody else how to become a self-made millionaire, too. Terrific. Now, let's talk about where it all began. You were sort of kicked out of the house um, at age 15. Tell yes. us about that experience, but also what motivated that. That's kind of an Usual um, thing to say, the, the very least, for that to have something like that to yeah, happen. Yeah, the motivation, I believe, was my parents' deteriorating marriage. Uh, they both drank too much, and Dad was cheating, and somehow I got caught in their marital tug of war. Um, uh-huh. And so one night when Dad was out of town, I came home, and my key wouldn't work in the lock because my mom had the screen door locked. And I thought, well, that's strange. And I rang the doorbell, and she came downstairs drunk and opens the one door but not the screen door, and she says to me, what do you want? I said, oh, I guess I don't live here anymore. Can I get my school books? And she says, come in and get your clothes. You're not coming back. I said, okay. Wow. That's probably a fairly powerful uh, memory for you to even talk about as I'm sitting here listening to that. Uh, Yes, it is. What did you you do at that particular moment? What were you thinking? What, what, What was... Uh, calm, cool, collected, collect and gather your stuff, walk out. What was that like? Um, you know, honestly, it was like I, the happiest day of my life. I was escaping the insane asylum. I could not be happier. I was thrilled. That is, that's, that's very interesting, and I'm sad to think that a lot of people probably feel that way. But let's face it, it was probably very difficult for you. Where did you physically go that night, for example, what, what did you do? 
Um, I didn't really have any place to go that night. Um, so, you know, I just tried to stay safe, like, you know, near the edge of the woods, but not like in the woods where like creepy crawlies or strange men could find me and, you know, waited till daylight. And lucky for me, um, I had always saved up lots of money from odd jobs I'd had. And so I had a little in a savings account. And so next day I bought a newspaper and went apartment hunting. Well, slum hunting is more like it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you find a place quickly to yes, locate I did. yourself? I was very fortunate to find something quickly. Did you find a place quickly to locate yourself? Yes, I did. I was very fortunate in that. There was a kindly black lady who didn't ask for any ID and happily took my money, and that's good because I had no ID. <laughs> and, and tell me a little bit about how you dealt with school. Uh, well, I just kept going to school for like the first year and a half, you know, the 10th grade and the 11th grade. I, I kept carrying my books to school with me every single day. I, I don't think I had admitted to myself that I'd given up on school yet, but I could never stay awake in my classes because I was exhausted from working 40 hours a week after school every day and walking to school, walking to work, walking back again. And finally, my senior year, I just quit lying to myself and never care, never carried a book home again. You graduate from 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 high school miraculously, mm-hmm. and that was several years later, right? You, you right. worked part time. You somehow fed yourself. You took care of yourself. You were determined to make it through high school. You were a good student, um, and you made it through high school. That then, which is a miracle, by the way, <laughs> that in itself Agreed. is an achievement. Um, Agreed. Tell us about the next chapter. Uh, the next chapter, um, my parents and family, you know, my, my two brothers were moving to uh, another part of the state, and I just couldn't stay in the town where my family wasn't anymore. It, it just mm-hmm. was too painful, it, which is, I, I don't know, they say running away isn't an answer, but I just had to move to another state and another small town and start over. So that's what I did next. And what, what, where, what state did you move to? Uh, I moved to Massachusetts for six months. Interesting. Whereabouts? Uh, where was that? Uh, this is a very small town in between Gloucester and Manchester on Cape Ann. What in the heck was the name of it? Um, Essex? No, it wasn't even on the Massachusetts maps. Um, Anasquam? No. Um, right in between Gloucester and Manchester on Cape Ann. I can't think of it at the moment. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. We'll, we'll think of it. So you, you were only there for six months. and, and um, Right. And that was after you graduated from, from high school, correct? Correct, yeah. Got it. So you moved to Massachusetts. What was your goal and ambition in, in coming to Massachusetts besides start over again? Um, Well, I had a couple of roommates that were moving there, and I asked if I could go, and they said yes, and so it it gave me, you know, a couple of friends to room with and cheaper rent because then I don't have to pay for the place all by myself, and I had, you know, a tiny bit of money left, and so I just started over, got a new crappy job shredding lettuce at a salad place, eight hours a day on my feet shredding lettuce. There could not be a bigger suck job ever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you talk about that suck job in your book? Uh, yes, I do. 
Have you ever tried to calculate how many heads of lettuce you did, in fact, shred? Um, No, because my fingers were going so numb, like within the first hour, because they were right out of the walk-in cooler. And, you know, so they start to go numb, so you really can't shred very quickly or very well. And then the manager's getting mad because I'm not moving fast enough, and I'm thinking, you try this. (laughs) How about rotating us through? Don't give just one person this job for eight freaking hours, you know. (laughs) But it was all I could do. I had no... Pardon? For, I was gonna. I was gonna say from from green lettuce to money. Let's try to uh, be, becoming a millionaire. Let's try to help uh, help us understand how that happens. So, did you end up going to college in the East um, Coast? Here, I have. Or? Um, I have two semesters of college behind me at community colleges. One uh, was at Tom's River Community College in New Jersey, and one was in Dallas at Brookhaven College. Uh, but they didn't. They didn't help me either. It was just like high school. It was no practical anything. It was just I tested out of most of my classes anyway, and uh, it, it just seemed like a waste of time and money. The first company you started, tell us about that. Um, that, I was 20 years old, and it was after I had quit my insurance job, and I was uh, trying to figure out a way to earn money in the mail uh, you know, without having to go out and work for it again. And anyway, I started my first business when I was 20, and... Uh, it was a fashion show business where we did lounge entertainment for holiday inns and local nightclubs to raise the happy hour. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I had it nine years, and I ended up making more money than my dad, who was a senior bank vice president. So I was pretty pleased with myself. Hmm. Interesting. Your your dad was a senior vice president of a bank? Yep. Interesting. And he allowed, at the time that you were actually kicked out of your house by your mom, was your dad still in that role as a VP at a bank? Uh, Yes. Wow. And he just thought it was okay with what was happening. He was divorcing your your mom, is that correct, at the time? Um, No. No, dad was busy banging his 18-year-old secretary. And when I begged him to help me, uh, when mom started, you know, making me public enemy number one for no good reason, I begged him to help me, and he refused. I didn't know it at the time. I found out later, but now I realize he didn't want to upset his little apple cart. You know, he might miss out on some action with his new girl, so he couldn't be bothered. And uh, it's, it's also a little funny because I grew up in Westchester County, New York, which is one of the wealthiest places in the nation. I mean, a homeless team is unheard of there. They, I don't think anyone knew what to do with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So you sold that business. Tell us, tell us about yes, that. Who, 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 who approached you to purchase that business? Uh, well, actually, um, I, no, I approached um, my manager to see if she'd like to buy it from me. And, uh, you know, she already knew, you know, I mean, I could take off months at a time and do nothing and she could run the whole thing and was great at it and honest as the day is long. And so I offered it to her and, and we made arrangements and she bought it from me and, and then I moved to Las Vegas. Whoa. Okay. So tell us about Las Vegas and and your, your next, your next, uh, thing that you wanted to conquer besides working your way out of poverty and homelessness and high school and, walking away from college, starting a business. Okay, Las Vegas. Tell us about that experience. Um, Las Vegas, I started two businesses here. Um, One was a pet sitting business that I thought would be fun, but probably not tremendously profitable, but would grow fast. 
And the other was an indoor plant care business um, where we did live and silk plant sales and service. And I figured that would grow slower but make me the most money. So I started them at the same time to keep me occupied. And it, it was exactly as I predicted. The, the pet business grew fast. The plant business grew slow but larger. And when it grew large enough, I sold off the pet business and focused on the plant business. And that's the one I retired from. Hmm. So you, you you sold the pet business. How large was the pet business when you when you sold it? How many how many dogs and cats and probably some other animals that you were carrying? Yeah, for? Um, I probably <laughs> had about a hundred clients at the time. Hmm. And you had residual income, obviously. You you had weekly stints or daily stints, and how many people were working for you to manage a hundred clients? And, um, I probably had between 10 and 15 at the peak. Mm -hmm. And what was that business like? Was that a turbulent business in terms of the actual workers working for you, or was it fairly stable? Um, that one was fairly stable. I, I had some good workers in that so that I could rely on and send them out, and, and so that went well. What about the indoor you know, animal lovers business? are good people. Um, that was that was a fun business um, and uh, my most profitable before I retired. I ended up having most all of the major hotel casino accounts in town, which are the golden accounts to get. And uh, I had that ten years and then sold it and retired. Well, it's really the third time you've retired, so <laughs> yeah, you keep coming I, I out keep of retirement. Because, well, all my businesses, I make them so I don't have to work them if I don't want to. I do the business automation. And if I do right. choose to work at all, I just I don't want to work more than two or three hours a day because that's just all I want to do. I, I like to joke I'm not actually ambitious. I'm lazy. But I had to create a giant pile of money so that I could support my lazy lifestyle. Tell me, there's a fourth business, no? Is there is another business? Uh, there was a fourth was business. Um, that was in Dallas. Um, I started it uh, during the last year of my plant business. It was a nightclub. And all I can say and is... Did you don't sell that as well? Club. Yes, I sold that don't as well. Don't start a nightclub. Don't start a nightclub. <laughs> don't start a nightclub. That's, that's my strongest recommendation. <laughs> well, we've talked about the businesses, but let's take a break, and when we come back, we want to talk about both the book and your persona and your, your incredible uh, story of, of uh, literally poverty to, to riches. So let's take a quick break, everybody, and back with some really deeper insight into the psyche of Amy Elizabeth. Back in a minute. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. 
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. The following is an encore segment of Life Tips. Amy, welcome back. Fascinating story here. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Byron. So, have there been some psychiatric bills along the way here? I mean, this is <laughs> mind-blowing to me. Um, uh, this is quite a story. And, you know, I can, I, I, I'm half-joking when I say that, but... Right. Really. But not really. Are there ramifications with this childhood experience you went through? How did that make its way out? Um, yeah, it was difficult for me because I didn't want to let go of my family. Um, you know, I'm a problem solver by nature. That's why I'm good at business. Uh, but I finally got some therapy probably 11, 12 years ago. And I came to the conclusion that I had actually lost my family when I was 15. I just didn't accept it until I was 38. And once I accepted it, this great peace just came over me. I still love them. Mm -hmm. I wish them well. I just never want to see them again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It sounds strange, but it's all true. Yeah. I'm sure it is. So no, no contact really. When was the last time you had contact with them? Not that we want to remember that, but I'm curious with the story. At what point in your incredible success ride did you sever the relationship with them officially and like out of my life? Uh, that would have been when I was 38, and I sent my parents letters, and you know, I, I basically said, look, this is what happened when I was 15. You were both drunk, dad's cheating, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you, I've never been able to forgive you for the way you treated me, but I'd like to forgive you. I said, but the only way I can do that is if you're actually sorry. <laughs> I said, so if you're willing to send me a written apology, 
admitting to what you've done and giving me a sincere apology. I'll forgive you. I'll never bring this up again. And I think we can all have a much happier, healthier relationship. Never heard from them again. And I grieved for about two weeks, which I probably should have done when I was 15, but I cried my eyes out for like two weeks straight, morning, noon, and night, couldn't stop. And then like after two weeks, this great feeling of peace just came over me. And I can remember the fond memories, and there were fond memories, uh, without any pain. And, you know, I wish them well. I wish them happy. I just wish to never see them again because I deserve to be treated with a certain amount of courtesy and respect. And no matter how successful I became or how nice I tried to be to them, it didn't matter. I was always treated like the black sheep of the family, and I just finally had had enough. Any brothers or sisters? Uh, Yes. Um, Two brothers in that family and a half-brother and a half-sister in another family. Hmm. The two brothers from that family, do you have contact with them? No. None? No. No. They went over to the dark side. Got it. (laughs) And can you imagine if they, how they perceived of you being all of a sudden out of your life? I mean, Westchester County, I mean, that's a pretty intense uh, area from a wealth perspective. I grew up playing with the Rockefeller grandchildren. Wow. Did no, 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 no other no, parents reached out to them. Um, reached no. out and shook them and said, "What are you thinking?" No. Wow. Older yeah. brothers or younger? Um, I had an older and a younger. And after that evening, did you have any contact with them? After that, did, I mean, they went to the same high school, right? So they, you, know, you saw them. Uh, school, yeah, my right? older brother went to the same high school as me. Yeah, he just. He had quit speaking to me long before I got kicked out of the house. He was following mom's example. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, my little brother. And why was um, that? What was what was the theory there? On, on I on believe, his... of course, I'll never know for sure, but I believe he was always jealous of me. Unfortunately, back in that day, you know, they didn't have all the psych books on parenting, and they're always like, "Why can't you be more like your, your sister Amy? You know, she gets the good grades, she does good in sports, she has all these friends, and you know." So he was. I'm sure that didn't make him like me a whole bunch. <laughs> and so I think he was just always jealous of me. And once I was gone, it was like, hey, cool, now I can be the star, the family favorite, you know. And hey, congratulations, keep the prize. <laughs> you're, you're an extremely high achiever. Um, you probably recognize that early in your life, um, you know, and sometimes you simply outgrow parenting or even schooling. Um, right. You know, and do you feel like that may have happened to you and been part of this world that you were in, in that you couldn't learn much from your parents, you weren't advancing yes. your own adolescence, and it was more than just, you know, pathetic parenting obviously going on, and, and, and this was a problem. Did you, did you sense that about your, your experience so far? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, I, I knew I was smarter than my folks when I was like three or four years old. And that doesn't bode well for the parent-child relationship. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and Many I was adopted, so I wasn't there. Built. Really? You were, ado- yeah. you were adopted? Yes, I was. Another Thank fact God I don't have their genetic story. material. <laughs> Pardon? 
wow, that's a critical element to this story. Unbelievable. Well, what age was it that you were, were you adopted? I was a baby. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they took you. So on, I don't recall on anything else. Yeah. Do you, have you taken the time to find out your your parents, your your real? Uh, um, I actually never looked for my birth mother, but she located me when I was 18 years old. Wow. Yeah. What was she like? Um, we looked identical. We sounded identical. We even dressed in the same color clothing on the day we met. Um, we liked the same foods. We instantly bonded personality-wise. And mm-hmm. I was so delighted to think that I had finally found a mother that actually wanted me because my adopted mother told me and my father that she never wanted to adopt me. So I'm sure that didn't help things either. Mm, wow. Yeah. What happened then with, with your birth mother? Um, unfortunately, she was an emotionally damaged woman who lied to me at every turn. She told me that she was stabbed and raped and left for dead, and that's how she came to be pregnant with me. And I believed that horrible lie for 10 years before I found out it wasn't true. Uh, she had me baptized, and she had my father's name listed on the baptismal, and she won't allow the church to give me the information. But I've hunted down who my birth father is to my satisfaction, and I believe I know exactly who he is, and I sent him a letter, and he denies it, but um, that's fine. I look just like him, too. So, you know, I, did, I wasn't looking for a new daddy. Uh, I just wanted the mystery solved, and, and mm-hmm. I believe I've solved it. So mm-hmm. that's kind of all behind and, me, and too. When, when did that... Dis- <laughs> I feel like I'm... <laughs> should apologize for surfacing all of this these, no, no, these, okay. this story, but it, it's you've wrote, written a book about it, and it's probably all public and, and wonderful, and I'm really so intrigued with, with this. It's, it's a remarkable uh, story. Um, oh, thanks. When did, you, when did you find out about or, or, or draw the conclusion on, on what you, who you're perceiving to be your, your real father? Was that about, you said 10 years after in the discovery point and learning that your mom had been lying for so long. Is, is that correct when you were 28, basically? Yeah, uh, okay. yeah that'd be about right. Uh-huh. And, uh, sorry, and, and did you again? have a relationship? <laughs> yeah, right. Did, did you have a relationship with your mom then for, for that 10-year run, though, and, and see her a little bit I did, or a lot? And, or? Well, when I first met her and she learned the, you know, the freak show that my adopted family had turned into. Um, She invited me to come live with her and her family and my half-brother and half-sister and her husband and put me through college. And I thought, well, I always loved school and I loved learning and certainly couldn't hurt. And to have a a family that would actually love me and embrace me and want me sounded fantastic. So, And she promised to tell my half-brother and half-sister who I was and then when I got there, that was all a lie. I had to pretend to be a distant relative the whole time I lived there. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's yeah. Just a... Yeah. That you was nice. Have... Like, su- surprise. <laughs> well, surprise perhaps, but I could only imagine what, how you felt from a relief perspective that somebody is going to love me. I'm not... I haven't, it's not me, I haven't done anything wrong, you know, finally somebody's, uh, you know, an angel has fallen from the sky here and everything's going to be okay, only to learn that you have to live in lies and and you, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. So was there, uh, 
was was, was your birth mom married at that time or or yes. not? Yes, she was. And, but and what her was husband, he like? Of course, is not what, my what, father. Right, um, right. He was he was an ex marine and deep down, I believe, a good man. But he clearly didn't want somebody else's child living under his roof, and mm-hmm. he was often giving me suggestions on how to leave. Like, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with going into the military to get your education. And I looked at him and I said, really? I said, uh, let me just ask you one quick question here. I said, if it was so effing great for you, why didn't you sign up for four more years? Mm-hmm. And he's, his mm-hmm. mouth dropped open. I'm like, yeah, I'm not that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> probably was a challenge for you. How long were you uh, living under? Three and a half months was all I could stand. Uh, It was was basically one semester of college, and I had about 300 bucks left in my savings account that I was saving for emergencies, and I considered my hostile living environment to be one. So I Mm -hmm. booked a flight to Dallas, which is where my dad had moved when he finally did leave my mom when I was about 17 with the Hmm. secretary, you know, that inspired him to abandon all his family responsibilities so mm-hmm. um, so you you i see you you tapped into into at least knowing somebody in dallas your your dad was there correct yeah you were and young. actually this, his this was yeah i was ahead, 18 yeah. then yeah but his his Go girlfriend ahead. was actually she's three years older than me and mm-hmm. she was nicer and kinder and more loving to me than either my birth or adopted mothers and we're still close Do to you, this day Oh, is that what I was going to ask you? You still have a relationship mm-hmm. with her? Yes, I do. She's no longer married to my dad because there was like mm-hmm. a 32-year age difference. But <laughs> right, right. Um, right. But she's a, she's a very nice lady, and she's got two kids, and I'm close to them too, and they're they're just really good people. And as I always tell her, I'm like, you were too way too good for our family. <laughs> I don't blame you for leaving not one bit. <laughs> But that must be a wonderful, in a strange way, connection point for your own turbulence in your life, to, to know that there's somebody in your life that knew you at a young age that, you know, has, has known, known you through this journey. I mean, that's that's almost like a family member to you, I would think, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'll always count yeah. her as, you know, like a big sister. And actually, my, my high school boyfriend uh, was friends with my older brother and his mom had been friends with my mom and I dated him for like a year and a half after I got kicked out of the house and they mm-hmm. they treated me like gold also and we're still close to this day as well so it's yeah they're like family it's nice mm-hmm. and and probably would you say with the success you've had that having those stable anchors around you and people that you you could feel close to was was an important part of of you know having the drive continuing that drive finding a way to make things work and and, and being as successful as you are. Oh, absolutely, uh, especially my high school boyfriend's family because they actually showed me what a happy, loving family was really like. <laughs> I didn't know what one of those was before. And, and they uh, welcomed they, you in their family. Oh, yeah. They they fed me dinner every single night that their son and I dated. And, you know, it was the only healthy meal I was getting a day. And, uh, you know, they, they, they were Jewish, but they invited me over for Christmas dinner and bought me presents because they didn't want me to be alone on the holiday. I mean, how kind is that? It's just, you know, mm. the, the little things, you know. To them, it was nothing. To me, it was like everything. 
and they wow. don't even remember half the kind things they did for me and i've I've since thanked them profusely um as a as a young teen, I was a little socially awkward and I was so used to like people hating me for no reason that I was kind of afraid to draw attention to all that I thought they were doing for me because I didn't want them to you know you're kind of afraid everyone's going to turn on you. But uh, they were just wonderful, and they still are, and they always will be, and I'll always love them. Well, it's been a joy talking with you, Amy, and hearing about the incredible story that you have. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Oh, well, thank you for having me, Byron. It was a real pleasure, and I enjoyed speaking with you, too. I have one final question. Do you, who sure. do you want to get a hold of you, and how can people buy your book? Um, anyone can get a hold of me and they can buy my book in any number of ways off my website at www.amyelizabeth.net and Amy is spelled A-I-M-E-E. They can buy it on Amazon, they can buy it on barnesandnoble.com or borders.com or through Ingram or Baker and Taylor. Uh, pretty much you can find it anywhere. Key in Poverty Sucks, How to Become a Self-Made Millionaire and it'll pop up and take you where you need to go. Terrific. And um, if people wanted to reach out to you for speaking engagements or consulting, how can they do uh, that then they would, on your website? Then they would need to, yeah, then they'd have to go to the website, which again is www.aimeelizabeth.net. And there's a contact And I'm curious button. about that name, Amy Elizabeth. It's almost like that's your middle first name and middle name. Is that possible? Um, anything's possible. <laughs> ah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Very good. Perfect scenario. Showing you incredible intelligence. <laughs> like that answer, did you? <laughs> I did. I did. Spot on. So, well, thanks again for being on the show, Amy. Thank you so much, Byron. Have a great day. Sure, you you too. Thanks again for tuning okay. in, everybody. Until next week, I hope your life's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.